The following episode is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're excited to have an interesting chat today with David Carson. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, my name is David Carson. I am co-founder and CMO of Newsstand. And I guess what I love about content is probably the word itself, because content really means like profundity or significance, but yet when used in the context of marketing, uh, it is anything but significant uh, or profound. Uh, And that strikes me as being kind of hilarious. From New York City, you're listening to Content Is Your Business, conversations with industry leaders and influencers covering the strategy and innovation of brand storytelling. Produced by Mouth Media Network, powered by Sennheiser, and brought to you by 24-7 Talent, the leading creative recruitment firm. Your hosts for this episode are Dahlia Strum, digital strategy and social commerce expert. Lisa Berger, Senior Vice President of 24-7 Talent, and Edward Hertzman, Founder and CEO of Hertzman Media Group and Sourcing Journal. And now, here are your hosts. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Welcome David, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So first, let's get this out of the way. Um, You're here because... Lisa knows you, and I want her to give us a little bit of background, and then I want you to get a chance to intro yourself and tell us what you do. Why are you here? (laughs) David, good to see you here in New York. Good to see you. (laughs) Um, No, I think it's a funny story. Um, I was uh, traveling on behalf of 24-7. We were both at the WPP Summit in Miami. I unfortunately had to fly in and fly out the same day. And I walk in a little late, and where were we? Hotel One in South Beach? Yeah, Hotel One. Beautiful that was, a, that day. was nice. I'd never been there before. That was nice. And I was like, wow, am I really going to be walking into a dark conference room right now? Right. <laughs> and um, I walk in, and you're on stage, and I hear, well, you know, if you live in Williamsburg, and you take the L train, and you get off at Union Square, and I'm like, check, check, check. Who is this guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> and... Um, and so the next, so we, we spoke afterwards, I, you, you told me about your business. I'm like, this, this is fantastic. This is a fabulous business model. Yeah. Um, we spoke a little bit afterwards and the next day I did exactly that. Got on the L train from Williamsburg, got off at Union Square and I walked into the newsstand, signed up, became a member. Love it. And I got my $5 free. Nice. Um, you got one of those promotions. Promo, yeah, uh-huh. promo code. And it happened to be Mother's Day like right around the corner, and I saw a Mother's Day card, and so I got my free Mother's Day card. Oh, that's so nice. So I didn't know you. that last part of that story. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so it was perfect. Very cool. So Was it a Mother's Day card to yourself? <laughs> no, it was not. It was for my mother. Um, but so you, you probably never would have expected, right, yeah. that you get off the L train, right, right. which is already mm-hmm. kind of late, and you're already a little mad, right? You're probably sweaty as well, right, because it's hot down there. Of course. But the last thing you expected to see was, like, this little, like, gem bodega right that actually has these wonderful little gifts and things down there right well the the gifts which i actually brought some for our co-host today just to surprise you a little bit um yeah no the product in there is is um it's it's timely it's thoughtful it's something that um 
you can use at any point in your day, I guess. Like, I mean, for if there's a birthday, if there's like, it's Mother's Day, if I forgot my iPhone charger, which I do every single day, um, (laughs) (laughs) coffee. So it's like, um, it's, it's, it's a cool concept. And I really actually wanted to take the the ferry this morning, but I was running Mm. late. So ferries are beautiful. So I'm excited. David, I I apologize. I don't take the L train. I I, I don't live in Williamsburg. Um, um, and I haven't been to the newsstand, What? but I would love to know what is the newsstand and I I won't move to Williamsburg, but maybe I will visit your, your store. Okay. Well, there isn't just one store. There's actually quite, quite a few stores now, but, um, newsstand, the best way to think about newsstand is if, if you were to take like your favorite, like local bodega, uh, and if you were to take, uh, like your favorite blog and if those two things were to somehow... You know, get it on. Uh, their offspring would be newsstand, essentially. And what that means is, is um, when you're in the city and you're sort of going about your day and you're trying to go from like point A to point B, so you're going from your house to work or you're going from work right out to meet friends. You know, there the city can be punishing. It's it's like this 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 city where things that should be easy never really are, right? And and convenience doesn't necessarily exist in the way that. Uh, sure, there are lots of things to do. Like you could go out at night and you could go get Chinese at like two in the morning, right? That's awesome, but that's not necessarily convenient, right? The things that you need when you're going about your day, you don't necessarily have access to, right? Or at least you don't have access to them in a way where if you walked into a 7-Eleven today, sure, you could get a Slurpee, you could get that stale hot dog, you could get that Mars bar that's been sitting there for six years, you could maybe get a magazine that you'll never want to read, right? This doesn't necessarily have the things that you want. So if you could actually have stores all around the city uh, that actually have a, a mix of products that are a little more relevant uh, to what you might need during the day, um, and hopefully also some things that just kind of make you smile. The way that we think about ourselves is is as a day improvement company. That's sort of our mission. How could we, as you're going about your day, how could we actually improve it in some way? Like, we, we can't possibly, like, make your day the best day ever. That would be incredibly unrealistic. Well, you might be able to with this pineapple float right over here. Yeah, you want that? Those are actually, I think those are the high five for members uh, this week are, uh, are, are all of the floaties. Oh. What, what about the naysayers that would say, you know, with the, the Amazon Primes of the world, that right. you know, same day delivery. That it's it- a little different. Like that's that's amazing, right? So Amazon is fantastic. When when I need something and I need it delivered to my house, or if I need it delivered to my office, or I need it delivered to my mom, right? As as a gift, it's fantastic, right? But when I'm going about the city right now, right, and and after I leave this place, I'm going to go out to dinner. But between now and then, I actually need to pick up some stuff. So maybe I need to pick up like a little gift or some bottle of wine, right, to, to go to, to to visit my friend. Or maybe my my charger, right, is is uh, is is gone out of my Wait, phone. Wait, back so I need up. A you sell wine here? We do actually on the boats on the oh. ferries. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually quite nice. We we actually have uh, stores in Union Square Station, in Columbus Circle, uh, down at Brookfield Place, which is really lovely, and um, and now we're on all of the brand new New York City ferries, and uh, it's all on the on the East River, and the the boats are brand new. It's a great it's a great service. We actually had. Uh, our millionth rider within like the first couple of months, it was kind of actually less than that. And the 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 amount of people that are that are actually utilizing uh, that service uh, is much higher than than we had projected that the city had uh, had projected. But the basic idea uh, there as well was if you're going to commute and you could actually utilize these these ferries to commute from Brooklyn and Queens and the Bronx into the city, right back and forth, they actually go all the way out to to the Rockaways as well. Um, 
how could you how could you upgrade that experience so it feels like oh my god I, f- I feel like I live in the present like you know there's a nice place to sit down there's Wi-Fi there's this really great lovely shop that has things right here for me that I that I might need whether it's coffee or a charger or right uh, maybe a glass of beer or some wine and um you know, for 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 a long time, I think a lot of New Yorkers always just kind of like grin and bear it that, you know, when you're going from place to place, you don't really think about it. Like, it's, it's going to be awful, but it doesn't have to be, right? It could actually, we could upgrade that experience in some way. So that was, that was the basic uh, idea. Um, but the way we think about the business is we want to we, we want to be in places where there are a lot of people right so where could we be of the most service and and that typically tends to be where people are commuting so union square station was our very first store there there are 300,000 people that go in and out of that station every single day right so the idea that we could somehow help improve those people's day just by being there was was an interesting idea for us but then when you think about that as think about that in the context of of media just for a second right so now, so now, as a store, we actually have access to those 300,000 people that are going in and out of that station. So if I can actually create an experience in that store that's interesting, that's compelling, that's helpful, right, that's awesome for us. Uh, if you are a brand and you would like to have access to those people in that way that has a very high touch point, right, to it. Um, that's also incredibly interesting. So um, somebody like like Javianas, as, as, as a good example, we just did a partnership with them on the boats, uh, right, where we, ha- where we have the stores. And for them, well, we wanted to get in touch uh, with all of the people on those boats, and, and we wanted to put together uh, like a, a beach experience going out to the Rockaways. So it made kind of a lot of sense to do, let's take over the top of those boats, let's turn it into like the best summer in Brazil ever, and um, and let's let's make this amazing for people that are on those boats. So Javianas sees that as a cool opportunity as a, as a media right kind of uh, play for them. Uh, for us, we see it as this is something for our our customers right and for our members that are on these boats. Like this is a great experience. This is fun. This is this wasn't here yesterday, but now that it's here and I can like lounge out on the hammocks. I've got some grass on the top of this thing. I'm having a drink. I can buy some flip flops. It was cool. Um, so we, we looked at the business primarily as how could we, how could we improve people's day? How can we be in places where there are a lot of people already? And then when you look at the audience or the, the foot traffic that, that, that comes into those spaces, um, uh, if you looked at that as media and if you, and if you, if you were honest with trying to, 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 to really try and be somehow an improvement on people's day, the brands can actually play a heroic role in trying to do that. Right. Is interesting. Um, there's another facet to the business, which is people become members of the of the stores. And the reason that you become members is that um, there are always deals and discounts for members. There are always fun things that, that we'll do with members as well. Um, and you can also pay with, with the app. You become a member by downloading this application and you show us your membership card and you can pay and right, get out very quickly. But um, we, we do things like um, September 29th. Uh, we're actually going to be throwing a concert and it's going to be a great concert and members are going to get uh, discounted tickets to this thing. Uh, and it's out in, um, in Red Hook, which you should go, Lisa, you, you would, you would, you would love this. And the headliner is, is Blonde uh, Redhead. It's okay. out at Pioneer Works uh, space. And it's just it's to throw a great party with um, with all of our members. And is this like a members only event? It or? won't we're gonna open it up to the to the general public, but the, the special access and, and, and deals prices right for, for members is right is is now, how do you protect these spaces? Are, are you locking yourself into leases on a ferry the same way you would lock yourself into a lease at a brick-and-mortar retail space? Uh, sort of. The, the way we, we, we run the company is we try to be a very asset-light company, and what that means is there are a lot of um, 
there are a lot of developers here in town where uh, they want to have a Class A building, right? Um, and that comes with uh, a building that needs a lot of amenities, right? Things that would sort of turn on the people that are coming to lease in that space, whether it's a company, right, or whether it's, it's individuals for residences and whatnot. And uh, what's interesting, I think, for, for Newstand is that we actually fit in an environment uh, with, with developers where they see us as being um, uh, an amenity, right, to that building. So to them, it actually makes a lot of sense to partner up with us. Uh, where the the cost for actually you know being in that space and the cost to actually lease that space right have some some great advantages for us because we're seen as being that that amenity that actually helps right the prices for that for that developer. So um, sorry, just to just to clarify, so these brands actually pay some sort of a leasing price to you or not the brands I was talking about for for making deals with the uh, developers. Right. And, uh, and even with the, the city, uh, that one was actually a nice long-term lease. And actually trying to, to put stores, you know, underground in the subway is, is no small feat. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't suggest anybody actually try, try and do that. You're in three now, right? So and we're in three, you're yeah. expanding. Well, we have three stores here subway. underground. We have uh, the New York City f- uh, uh, ferries. We actually have 16 ferries. There are 16 stores on that. We're opening up in the Moxie Hotel right. mm-hmm. uh, in, um, in Times Square. That opens in about a month. Congratulations. Um, thank you. That's, yeah, that's that one's going to be interesting. Yeah. To, to be in hotels, Marriott actually owns mm-hmm. uh, the Moxie. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Moxie's brand is interesting. It's kind of like, um, like, like an Ace Hotel kind of vibe to it, uh, but at a cost that, that like a, a millennial could actually potentially afford. Sure. Right? And um, it's 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 our first time being in in in, in the environment of, of a hotel, so we're very curious to test that out as a as right. a format. We're also doing uh, airports, so our very first one opens in about a month as well in Minneapolis. Uh, but then we'll be uh, this year we'll be in LAX, uh, we'll be in Newark, we'll be in um, Seattle, uh, Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, New Orleans. There's there's like seven different cities that that we've won so far and with thirteen different like locations. It sounds like there's like major demand with airports with yeah. your brands right now. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I think you, as you travel around the United States, you've all noticed that that like airports are starting to change. Like they're all trying to upgrade, right? In some way, I think we saw that back in the '80s. But we really have. I th- it feels like almost like a renaissance in a way. I was watching Alf in the eighties. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to airports in the eighties. I was only watching Alf. The uh, well, it's funny because you know when you when you travel outside the United States, like some of the like if you go to Munich, oh my god, like that yeah. airport is incredible. the worst airports in the world are probably in New They're York here, City right? and Bangladesh. Those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 interesting because a lot of. I think a lot of these cities take a lot of pride in their airports, and they take a lot of pride uh, right, in, in wanting to sort of one-up right, each other, which is awesome. Love that. I think we all kind of benefit out of that. Um, so as, as that uh, progresses and a lot of these airports are starting to sort of redo and rethink what it means to be an airport, you know, um, we actually fit into you know, where they're trying to go as sort of a future-facing city. Um, so the fact that we would bring in like concierge services and, and bring in like, not only the convenience piece to it, but there's, there's a technology piece to it that actually helps um, our members when they are going in and out right, of the airports that kind of goes above and beyond just walking into a Hudson News. Right? So that's, that's what I was going to kind of get to is, you know, what type of intellectual property or, or what do you offer, not, not to sound negative, but just to better understand the business – um, what do you offer that can't be replicated by a Hudson News or someone else because they already have the the retail distribution or the buying power that maybe you don't have? You're entering some of sure. these new spaces. 
can they quickly change their business model to, to compete with you? Or do you have something that's really proprietary? I think the best way to think about it is Hudson News is Hudson News, right? There is a DNA to that company. There is a way that they operate. It is all built to be incredibly efficient for the business that they have created, right? Fantastic. Love it. Or don't love it. Um, for us, that we're actually starting with the idea of day improvement is is very real. Like there's services that actually come out of what we do. Um, there is uh, a membership angle, right, to, to the business, right? That's that's a big, big part of, of what we're doing. But we're looking really at how can we actually take these stores, how can we have relationships with humans so that we can try and make their day better? Hudson News... Hudson News doesn't necessarily do that for me, right? Hudson News gives me uh, a magazine, maybe some peanuts, maybe some water, maybe a little neck cushion thingy, right? Maybe some some headphones. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, like that exchange isn't really meaningful, right, to me in, in any way. So while Hudson News... I don't News, know. Last time I was there, the water saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, they benefit simply off of the fact that you're there. You went through security. They threw out your water. And now you have to go buy the water. It's It's... They don't have a unique offering. They, it's by default you have to go to them. Right, well, but it, sh- and it shouldn't be by default. There's a connection with you. There can be such a bigger connection. Yeah. So the, the whole point for, for this is that people, people feel like there's a community that they're, that they're a part of, right? And that these stores are in lots of locations that can actually benefit them, right, in some way. So as a small example... Uh, we're starting something that that's a it's really a, it's it's a charging program and it's it's actually quite simple. Um, but we actually made these these new chargers that will charge your phone. They're beautiful. They're these little white things that you can stick in your pocket. Did you um, bring some gifts for us? I, was uh, say. I didn't. I didn't bring those as gifts. You know, I actually brought 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 other snacks, <laughs> which, uh, which which I'll break out in a second. The the chargers are. There are, you actually charge them um, on a flat surface, right? We've seen those things before, right? But they actually are magnetized as well. And, and in our stores, we actually have all of our walls are these, uh, these uh, aluminum powder-coated steel, right, structures. And we're actually going to have a charge wall. And that's, you'll actually see an entire wall. It's just got chargers, right, all over it. If you are a member, you just simply walk in, you show us your membership card, and you take the charger. That's it. You know, if, if you don't bring it back, we'll charge you for the charger, Right. But if you bring it back and just stick it up on a wall in any of the stores... Right? Is there a fee stores. to become a member? There's no fee to become a member right now. Uh, as we progress with different levels of membership, and we're really trying to listen to what members want and need, uh, and there are some services that actually might require right some some um, uh, some sort of like prime relationship right with us in, in some way. Uh, but right now, you download the application. Um, it's called Newsstand. You can get it on Android. You can get it on iPhone. Um, and you become a member. And so, if you're tethered to the stores, if you're close to the stores, it becomes incredible. Like, what would be useful. like the five top products that like you're seeing people gr- come to your store for? There are we have different categories of of uh, of items. So a lot of people come in for what we would call consumables. These are things to eat and to drink, simple things, right? Everything from water to a green juice to coffee, right? To this to the New York City ferries, it's it's the beer, right, and the wine. Then we have another category that's called helpfuls. And helpfuls are those things like those chargers, right? Or when, when, when you need headphones, right? Because you don't have a pair, right? Those things that you might need like Advil, right? Things that will help you throughout the day. And there's another category that we actually sell a lot of uh, that we call discoverables. And discoverables are when you're in the store and you're just coming in for, for something to drink or maybe you need to pick up a charger or something, um, you, you might see this little thing like this little tiny drone or you might see this little wonderful little thing that you might want to put on your desk. 
and all of a sudden, um, you know, you've you've you, it was it's unexpected, right? You didn't expect that to be there, uh, but now that it's sort of like in your mind's orbit, you, maybe it makes you smile, or maybe it actually makes you right think, oh, I've got to have that in my life. I will right, I will pick that up. But the we find that that the mix that on the the everyday most people will come in for the everyday type of items, the things to eat and drink, the things that are helpful, uh, and then uh, they typically will convert into buying uh, things that are more on the discoverable uh, spectrum. Certainly for like gifting and stuff throughout the year, those become pretty popular. So, so I think this is a perfect time to show them some of your product because I picked up a couple oh, discoverables oh, and awesome. I'll say helpfuls maybe today. Sweet. So um, I can take some it. Advil if you have some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was out partying last night. So, stopped into your Union Square store this morning. And we unfortunately gave Dahlia's gift away to our last guest because... Is that right? She was uh, a true feminist at heart. And it was the feminist... We're going to bring us chargers next time. It'll make it up. (laughs) That's right. Um, I'm going to give this to Mark, our producer, because he's about to uh, reside in new space very soon. And everyone that enters new space needs a pineapple in their space. And this totally. is actually a tumbler. And I know you guys are going to have a bar. So there you go. That thing is beautiful, actually. And That's the, the gold um, pineapple the, tumbler. Yeah. Yeah. This thing's very popular. <laughs> and it's going to go with your feng shui. Look at that. No wait. What what did you what did you give away to um uh, to the to the other guest? That was Dahlia's so, gift. So it was the desk. Um, it's for your desk, and it says feminist AF. Oh right, those are great. <laughs> it was so perfect, and especially for her. Uh. Eddie, this is for you living the CEO life. <laughs> <laughs> was jet he getting setter. a cocktail kit? The jet setter. <laughs> so. That is, if you actually have. Is that the hangover one, or that's the? I'm, I'm trying to figure this out right now. Cocktails at thirty thousand feet. I, I do spend about two, you know, two <laughs> weeks out of every month on a plane. So perfect. <laughs> well, so that's it. So those things are amazing, by the way. So so imagine you're you're on your trip. You're you're at the airport. Right, and of course you can actually get liquor right while you're on the plane, but you can't get like a fabulous mixed drink. That that would be ridiculous. That's actually a kit for you to make your own. It has all the ingredients, everything you need to make a. Uh, so make sure you pack some lines with you. <laughs> yeah, you are not helping my heartburn today. <laughs> uh, first, you gave me a ginger shot and uh, and. Uh, Oh, is it? Uh, what, what was the spicy stuff in the last? Uh, cayenne, turmeric, yeah, and cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper, and now it's uh, gin and tonic. So nice. thank you. That's so. That's very sweet. Thank uh, you. Anytime. Well, and, I, I, ooh. And this is for you. This is from one of your members, actually. Some music for. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so one of one of one of our members. Yes. Gave the, the gave civil you... service. Yes. Nice. That's they're amazing. All, they're public school teachers. So. Oh, that's so great. That's I love so that. Cool. I love that. Can we write a story about that? Love to. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Great. We'll we'll talk about that. The um, w- one of the the things that's fun about the the membership app is that it's it's filled full of of, of content, and uh, and the whole point for for that was that when I was talking about being that bodega meets your favorite blog, right? If they were to have a baby, that's kind of what we aspire to be. Um, the notion that, you know, our name is really baked in history, which was that old school newsstand, right? And, and while we are the new stand, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's tethered to information. Like the newsstand was the place where you would go and find new things that were happening during the day, whether it was in the, right, the periodicals that were there in the newspapers, or whether it was just talking to the guy, right, that was, that was there. Tell you, hey, Jimmy, what's up, right? And uh, we love that. Uh, however, it's not realistic, right, to have a newsstand where people would come in and buy magazines and newspapers. They just don't do that. Um, but the, the idea that 
because new is is in our name, we want to we actually want to put in your orbit um, things that are new. So if there's if there's a new idea or there's a new product, um, like we, we were talking about Breadface Girl, right? Be, before this, right? That Breadface Girl would have been something that we would want to offer to members to say, hey, you've never heard of her. She's really amazing. She's pretty funny. Maybe you'll want to check her out, right? And we would do an expose on, on Breadface Girl. So every morning we do a digest and every night uh, we do a digest. So, so members actually get in the habit of when they wake up in the morning, there's always a playlist, and, and the playlist is, we curate them every day. We've now done hundreds of, uh, of playlists. We're passionate about it. And we want to put new music in your life that, that might kind of turn you on. So maybe there's a new band or a new track, right, or something that you might, might get out of that. Uh, and then at, at night, uh, in, in the evening, we, we program even more uh, news content. So that's where we would have, you know, introduced you to Breadface Girl, right? Totally. As, as an example. I love it. I mean, I'm flipping through your app. So one of the articles that I uh, fell on is, so you you want to be a K-pop star. Clearly, Clearly. I need to be a K-pop Dolly, star. you must be a K-pop star. <laughs> but what I'm really searching for is I want to buy some stuff. What's going on here? Social commerce. Yeah, so this it's, you can buy lots of things online already. Yeah. Fantastic, right? Um, the whole point for this was to try and be a place that there's a location, right? There's a place for you to buy things. And this is really to stay tethered to the store when you're away from, from the store, right, in a way. However, that doesn't mean that we won't have things in, in the app in the future that you could actually buy. In fact, we're actually going to be launching uh, a feature uh, for that for the holidays uh, this year. And we are curious to see if, if members would be turned on by, you know, us actually curating some fun product that, that they might want to, right, have sent to their to their office I have to speak house. to your chief revenue officer there's there's opportunities here and, and for a small consultation fee I can, uh, can make that work I, I can I can make that work excellent well it's funny because like once you get in like e-com is a brutal brutal business right and like that's a business of like SEO and like it's it's a crazy business and for us but it could just be a driver right it could be a driver it's really about trying we're, we're Membership is everything to us. So if 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 people are are interested in in what we're doing, they become members, right? If it's useful uh, to them, right, they become they become members. And so we're the only lens that, that that we have on right now is how can we actually make our members' day better in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so one of the things that came up was the obvious, which is, hey. I actually do like the things that are in the store. I'm not close to the store right now, but I would like to get those things. Could I at least buy them from you right on the app? That seems like an obvious, right? Yeah. Um, so, like so, right now, I'm thinking about this pineapple and how much I needed it in you my want life. The pineapple? <laughs> yeah. Um, but this also goes back to one of our other first conversations, but the data behind all of this, yeah. right? Yeah. And that was one of the first roles that we had discussed. And just yesterday, actually, in Bloomberg, it, Bloomberg literally said that data science, I believe your husband is a data scientist, yeah. is nice. the sexiest job of the 21st century. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know. So. I love that. Because we know so much more information, right? So yeah. If we I, can... It's funny because the d- data scientists have, I am so jealous, actually. That, that makes a, a ton of sense because like, data, data can tell stories, right? And... Um, but every all of these all these large companies have been going big data, big data, big data, um, and and the really good ones, of, everybody's capturing it, right? Everybody's capturing you know data. It's it's just what are you using it for, and what are you how are you analyzing it? How is it useful, right, to to you as a business to make decisions, or how is it useful, hopefully, to your customers, right, in some way, shape, or form, and. Um, yeah, the, the the way we've really built built the company from the ground up is is really in being able to to capture that so that we can 
put it to use. You know, members need need to tell us, or at least either in their behavior or directly, right, what it is that they're liking, what it is they're they're disliking. Um, just knowing kind of like where they're going to and where they're coming from. You know, like right, what's... because if you know that they're traveling and they're going to be heading to the Dallas airport, like how are you going to how like you can make that experience so much better for them. Right. This That's is right. the problem. Companies today. We have an abundance of data. There, there's some statistic out there. I don't know what it is that there's been more data created in the past year or two than the past, you know, eternity. Right. I don't know the exact, you know, metric. But it was funny. I was in a conference in Washington, and um, I'm not going to name the company. And but you were in Washington. I was in Washington. Okay. Oh, but the company was not based in Washington. Oh, okay. It was. It was, a, it was a very interesting conference, and the chief data scientists for the subscription service was there talking about how they can predict their they know their customers better than the customers know themselves they can predict exactly what to buy right so i raised my hand and said if you're that good why do you just lay off ten thousand people and you're losing millions and millions of dollars and on the verge of bankruptcy i was asked after that point never to ask another question at the conference <laughs> but bet. that you know that shows that with all this information there still needs it's what you do with the information. But it's, it's also predictive marketing now. And right. that's where AI is coming into play. Yep. And they're going to start to tell us what you should be writing about before we even know what you should be writing totally. about. Totally. Virtual high five, Lisa. <laughs> well, I, I, but I also think it's about, you know, in this company's um, instance, I don't think necessarily that it was misunderstanding their customer. It's not staying in their lane. Expanding to too many brick and mortar, trying to open, trying to do things outside of their subscription service, which made them successful. Because it's the idea of never-ending growth, trying to raise more and more right. VC. They locking themselves into leases. They're buying all this inventory to, to you know, to, to stock up for e-commerce, consumer acquisition. They're blowing through all this money. It has nothing to do with their inability to figure out what the what the customer wants. It's just bad business decisions. Yep. But what's interesting, it seems that you. Have, are, are sitting on all these revenue opportunities because you have this content. You haven't, you haven't monetized that yet through advertising or trying to sell more products that you... We, we have in a way. So one thing to point out is, is that the, the model for the company is a retail uh, media hybrid. And, um, and what I mean by that is we have, we have stores, right? And, uh, and the stores happen to be in locations that have lots of people there. When I was talking about the brands right before and Javianas right before, the... Um, um, the brands want to be in that environment, right? It's a very high touch point environment, but it needs to feel like it's an experience, right? And it needs to be sort of uh, embedded in in content. It's got to be useful, right, to, to the people that, that are there, right, in some way. It's not just so much about, you know, buying a shelf, right, in the uh, in the store. It's something that is special and that is, an right, that is unique. That's right. an experience, mm-hmm. right. And um, yeah, I, I think the... Having a really decent idea of of what people's behaviors are, uh, so that you can act, so so not so much. You're looking for can can your members can our customers our members, with every repeated use that they have of being in the store as well as in using the app, can the experience for them get better right each time right they actually use the service. Yeah, only your data scientist is going to be able to tell you that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I'm always amazed. I, I love data scientists because they think in a very interesting way and 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 I'm always amazed at you know them trying to find signal from the noise uh, and then also trying to set up your system so that you are like really trying to capture that and analyze that in ways that are useful for the company you know that's there there, there aren't a lot of people that know how to do that well they'll say it 
right? But right. it doesn't mean they're doing it. And it, it doesn't feel like, like data science has really been a real discipline, uh, with the exception of maybe the last decade. Because now you can actually go to school. I know Columbia has a, has a yes, fantastic do. program they there. absolutely do. So well, does Stanford. It's, it's really mathematicians, yeah, it, yes. you know. It is. Yep. Statistics, mathematicians, and then combined. So is, is the key marketing strategy right now finding amazing locations where there's just a lot of, of traffic and putting great product in those locations, engaging the consumers, and then, you know, communicating that with them on a daily basis through your app, through your newsletter? I mean, is that the, the key marketing strategy as opposed to buying keywords, buying Facebook ads, doing some of the other stuff that companies may be doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, um, I actually have a media background and, and most of my businesses were all primarily digital businesses and, and digital media businesses. And the last thing I wanted to start in the world was another digital media business. Right, mostly because I mean it's completely saturated. Thanks, but, I own one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you you get you get how all of this works, and and you know how you're actually marketing right for right, your 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 uh, your users, right, and uh, and then how that's being sold right now. It's to me, it felt it feels very much like diminishing returns, right, for any digital media uh, business, and uh, that that. When, when looking at that, that's that's not the business I wanted to be in. At the same point in time, we we're talking with friends that were in retail, and they're like, "Oh man, I do not want to be in the retail business." Right? Well, that's the only retail. the only thing worse than media right now is retail. Is retail right? <laughs> right. And yet, it was it seemed ridiculous, right, that for us when we thought. Well, if we actually put, if you actually utilize retail locations, right, and and the way that you're actually building an audience from that is to be in these high traffic locations, right, uh, and then if you marry that with with the economics of of media, right, so now you're, you've got people coming in and buying things at the store. When I had a digital business, you know, having advertisers was interesting, but I always wanted to sell things, right? Like that was that was a great hedge against right needing to to bring in dollars, right, from from advertisers. And you see a lot of media companies still trying to like do that with like Amazon and so forth, right? Um, but if you could actually start that from the get-go where the whole point is that you've got these locations and those locations can be programmed, it can be changed the same way that a blog, right, can be changed on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And then if you can then, uh, when they're away from the store, actually have them uh, still connected, right, via uh, an application, that all of a sudden sounded really interesting to me. I felt like, oh, all of the things that don't work for media could somehow work in these physical locations, and that's how you can build a really meaningful audience. And you can actually like improve people's day. Like there's a usefulness, right? There's a utility to that. And on the same side, where you've got people coming in as a retail place, thinking that, okay, is that really gonna gonna pay all the bills? Like, is that can, can I actually operate as a retail, right, straight retail company? But now all of a sudden, it has media revenue, right? That's 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 coupled with that. It just becomes a, a far more interesting, compelling business to me. And um, so that I was I was instantly kind of kind of hooked. And the the way that the business started was the, the George and, and Lex, two of my other partners. There are four partners, by the way, myself, Andrew, George, and Lex. And it was uh, George and Lex had had just uh, come back from trips. I think one was in Asia and the other was in Europe. And they were both kvetching about how you know when they come back to New York, when they're underground or at the airports, everything just kind of sucks, right? And uh, but when they were abroad, everything was kind of awesome, right? So when you're in like like Seoul. Right, that's it's amazing, right? Things that that are underground and how you actually commute, and uh, they immediately said to themselves, you know, that that it, it, they had such a good conversation. They promised themselves that the very next day they would look for uh, a space to get in um, uh, in the subways. In the subway. Yeah. So they they actually went through this Byzantine right structure of the MTA through the web and actually found 
right? This uh, this one space in Union Square, and they're like, that's that's it. Let's let's go and get let's go and get that. Hey, everybody, this is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. Talent connects top brands and agencies with exceptional creative, marketing, and digital talent every day. Whether you're looking for the right position or to hire the very best talent, 24-7 boasts more than 500,000 vetted and interviewed freelance and full-time candidates. Experience the difference at 247talent.com. That's 24-S-E-V-E-N-Talent.com. You know the store Transit in the subway? The what? The store transit? Yeah. No, uh uh-uh. This is clothing store. The guy's got like four or five locations underground. And uh, I was, you know, before media, I was in the uh, apparel manufacturing business. And i never forget the day I walked past this store in underground. And I'm like, what? What am I doing? Is my, my clothes are... I didn't realize the guy's store transit was actually a store in the subway. Oh, like, you had the clothes before? This is the first time you'd seen the I'd store? never seen it. At least the first time I actually saw my clothes at retail in a... <laughs> like, I'm like, well, this is amazing. So I'm like, good. I'm having to swipe like my brother in and like my friends in to show them this is what this is what I do for a living. And I had to pay two fifty each time to show everyone. He's paying himself, it. right? Yeah. So we're so kind of coming so up on funny. that time to... For snack time, and I'm sure oh, you were probably time. like, you guys are crazy, why am I bringing snacks? But it's kind of our way of like breaking bread with our guests and uh, kind of getting to know each other. So I'm curious, did you bring us something from some of your stores? I or? did actually bring something from the stores, but I actually decided, I thought that was a very funny request, by the way. Right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Okay, hey, the guest is going to bring snacks. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> but then you also had a thing on there to like bring snacks so that I could actually like tell you something about yourself, which was also, oh, okay. So snacks that will tell you something about myself uh and, and but I, I actually realized very quickly what what i was gonna get because uh, anybody who knows me knows that right now i'm chewing gum and and as you can guess i've actually brought you all gum and <laughs> and the reason that i brought you gum is uh, i actually have some good stuff so this is a whole big bag here no i, I brought i brought i brought a couple of different things here is it bazooka <laughs> bazooka would be amazing there was a there was a there were all these studies that have been coming out over these last few years about gum and, and, and particularly with gum and retention, specifically, like, can you remember stuff right? really? better if you chew gum? And they found that, yes, you indeed can. They did these studies where uh, if you're taking a test and if, and if you were chewing gum while you were actually absorbing that information, and then if you were chewing gum while you were then right, getting the information out during the test, that there was an alpha to that. There was like they did like 30% better or something on that, on that test. And, uh, Wait, do I need to chew the gum so, while I'm studying? Yeah, it's, it's got to be both, right? So, so in this study, it was – so when I'm, when I'm absorbing the information, if I am chewing gum, right, and then when I go to then right, get the information out in a test, I'm also chewing gum. There's something about that. 
right? That gives you uh, alpha for. Uh, is this so, fake news? So maybe, no, no, this is, is this maybe, alternative facts. You can, you, can, you can Google that. Maybe we all start chewing gum during podcasts. Yeah. Totally. So, so here's what I brought. This is the stuff that I really like. This stuff is called Simply Gum. And this is sort of like an organic type type of gum. That's on me. However, <laughs> I will say, like, some people freak out by this gum because when you see it, it doesn't really look like gum. It kind of looks like that stuff, you know, when you go to the petting zoos and, and, and there's that, you know, you put in a quarter and, and that stuff comes out of the machine and you're like, is what is this? Is it like a chiclet? It, no, it, but it looks a lot like what you would feed llamas at a But it is delicious. Just like companies now are required to put calories on like everything, soon will there be like... Like memory, like uh, like th- this gum makes you remember better. There's three calories. Three calories. This stuff is amazing. Th- you could you stuff. could revolutionize the gum industry right now. This like this this gum is like five times. Uh, yeah. You know, five it's a new tropic. Yeah, it's a new tropic, right? This is it's, limitless. I think there's. It's so funny because I think part of it was when, when you're chewing gum that it somehow it actually gives you. Look at that, right? Am I right? Doesn't that look like something <laughs> that like you would have gotten? I'm not lying, right? It's like something you would have put in a quarter for the I, petting zoo. I thought he took this out because of my coffee breath, but <laughs> I'm not having nine pieces of gum right now. I have, you know, we're still we're still recording. Yeah, go for it. This is kind of difficult to open. <laughs> you take mine. I did. Oh, did you get it? Now I understand. That's good, right? it is Look at that. Okay. Like, there's nothing. Sugar. Like what you would give a llama. It's really nice, good gum. Nice it's great gum. If I offered that to you, what is it? It's a wonderfully packaged little uh, little box. And then for, for people that just want to kick it old school, I, I still brought some, uh, some Orbit because I do, I do love this stuff. But anybody that knows me will know I'm usually chewing gum. And whenever I'm in a meeting, you, I will usually come packed with lots of gum uh, uh, so that everybody uh, has some. It's, it's a very annoying trick. You know what? As the CEO of life, I appreciate that because I was in a meeting the other day and I, I was chewing gum and then I spit it into a cup. And, and the client was like, are you insane? I said, what do you mean? I was done with the gum. It lost its flavor. Yeah. Where do you want me to put it? What are you going to do with it? She's like, you were like the senior marketing executive of so-and-so, and you spit your gum into a cup? I'm like, yeah. Where else is it going to go? I think like, you shouldn't even be chewing gum. You're in a meeting. I'm like... Well, at least it wasn't... Did she want you to put it under the desk? <laughs> <laughs> I see that we would, we would get along. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so that was... that was. Does that count as a snack, gum? This is perfect, actually. Yeah, this is great. I love it. Plus, uh, it's like very unique. So I like that it's like we just discovered something new. Yeah, I like. But I can't buy like it on gum. your site, which is why you need to hire me as your chief revenue officer. But you need to come down to the stores then and become a member uh, first. That would be. Can I become be a good. member on the app? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so yeah. I don't actually have to take the the was it the L train the F. Yeah, you you don't have to. That's All right. right. <laughs> and then once we do put in the buy cards into the uh, into the app. Yeah, you'll be able to buy stuff and have so it. So I'm on 56 office. in Lex. What's where's the closest location? Mm, that uh, would be the the closest one. Is probably Columbus Circle, but you're not going to want to cross cross um, cross town to. Uh, to that's get not over true. There. I'm going to Blue Ribbon tonight. Oh, okay. Which is right over there. So if you are at Columbus Circle, and if you are uh, at the corner of like between 56th and 57th, or 57th and 58th, just right downstairs is this area called Turnstile. Uh, that's that's right like adjacent the subway to by the, subway. the Time Warner building. Yep, exactly. Right underneath it. So I could go get sushi and a pack of gum and a feminist sign all in one night. All in one night. Yeah. Wow. May as well pick up some green juice and maybe like a, a pineapple floaty uh, as well. I think Dahlia, Dahlia would, would be happy. Yeah. I would be so happy with that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like what inspired this, not only from your 
partner's angle, but from your perspective, why did you decide to go in this direction? Well, part of it, as I mentioned before, it was me looking for, I did not want to start another media company. And I was, I was anxious to do something new. I had uh, another company that I had stopped uh, operating. And uh, I was looking for something that would kind of turn me on. And nothing was really turning me on, if I'm honest, you know, beyond like Bitcoin. I'm a Bitcoin fanatic. Um, but that's sort of like, that's a very like lonely kind of game. Like it's one of those things. It was, it's almost like mentioning like, you know, I like to play Dungeons and Dragons, right? In, in polite company. You know, mention Bitcoin and it's like, oh, it gets quiet. Um, but it was, um, it was really looking at, uh, for, I love the people. And, and, and Andrew Deichman and I, um, Andrew was the CEO of Mother uh, New York's uh, advertising agency. I'd known uh, Andrew for years. We we had uh, we actually had partnered up on a few other uh, companies and side projects together, um, and we really loved working together. So we thought it'd be interesting to to work on some new projects. And then he had met Lex and George, who are amazing. Uh, Lex actually was one of um, the guys that helped to start up uh, Milkmaid Fashion. If you remember, uh, the, the, do you know Milk, the company, mm-hmm. right? So they actually have their their uh, their Made Fashion Week that I believe they I think they sold out to IMG a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Lex comes from comes from that world, and uh, and he also has a, a hospitality uh, background uh, as well, uh, primarily in, in hotels. Really smart guy, and uh, George is uh, is an architect and a designer, and he actually uh, created. Uh, you're familiar with Output, the club in in Williamsburg. Okay, so like George is is a partner, and that's 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 his club. He he helped to build that, uh, and then there was another. Um, they started a surf hotel uh, in the Rockaways, and um, really cool, but just great people. So uh, when I met Lex and George, I was I was instantly um, um, uh, interested in the concept because for them that was the concept. It was. You know, wh- why are things underground so terrible? Why are things around the city when I need things, right? Why is that experience so bad? How could we make that better? And for me, what I saw was it's, it's amazing that we could actually provide that type of experience to elevate that. But at the same time, we've got so many people that if we actually treated those, those spaces literally as media, right, if we could actually treat a white box the same way that you would treat like, you know, a blank browser, right, where you could actually program that quite a bit. And if we actually looked at that, at those people, as as a means right for for a media play, uh, that turned me on in a great deal. That felt like something interesting and new that that could that could work. Um, so I, I got really turned on by that. And then the more we started to chat as partners, we realized that we all had uh, really complementary skills, but we all had you know our, our very distinct areas that that made sense to us that we could sort of add right to the table. So it was really around really liking these partners, really liking, you know, what I thought we could build as, as a business, right. With these, with these particular people. And then once we started our very first store and then quickly our second and then our third, we realized that the model actually kind of works. And that if we were to take this outside of those first few, few stores, right, that could be, it can be a pretty great company. So just, it started to compound over time, right? It went from being, hey, could this work? To, oh my God, it's working. To, holy shit, we should really try and like build this thing. Um, so the interest really started to grow, and certainly you, over the last couple of years. Do you feel like some of the like brands that you're featuring, would they eventually pay to be a part of it? or would you... They do now. Yeah, they do already. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So we've, we've partnered with everybody from like um, Javianas to GE. Um, we, we've got, um, like food kick, which is a part of, of, Fresh, of Direct. Fresh Direct, right. um, mm-hmm. uh, even eBay. What uh, did you do at GE? 
Uh, GE, we actually had a, a fantastic project, and that continues to be like a, a, a work that we do with them. We actually created something kind of awesome, and we actually haven't launched it yet, so I can't talk a lot about it. Um, but we actually created something together, a consumer product together, uh, with the idea that it's something that that we would showcase in the stores, uh, but it's also something that sort of showcases what GE right is is about. They're sort of into this idea of the Internet of Things, but as it applies to uh, to, to enterprise and to industry, right? And and for GE, they're really looking to self chewing gum. Yeah, self chewing gum. <laughs> That's what I need my bot for. It's like, right, make my gum nice and soft. The um, G, GE it just got weird. <laughs> that did get weird, didn't it? it? Did get weird. The um, GE is is looking to do. Um, you know, they need to recruit people, and they do. you know, they have like a. I think their mission is to recruit like thirty thousand. Um, Technologists and yep. like that, and I think women could be associated. Well, Lisa, with that. Uh, this should uh, get, get busy here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know? right. But um, actually, what they're doing in regards to branded content, really quickly, is they're doing these uh, feature films with like Kevin Spacey yep. and Meryl Streep, um, yeah. so, but really kind of based on um, the STEM programs and looking for their future. Um, technologists and innovation rock yep. stars. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're fantastic. When I think about like Beth Comstock and the crew right over mm-hmm. there. They, they, I think they, Linda they look, Buff. Linda's amazing. Mm-hmm. And thinking about what, I mean, G, there's a great story behind GE's transformation right now, right? But but there's if you're if you're a 25 year old and and you've just come out of the comp sci program at Stanford, you know the first thing in your mind is not like I'm going to go work for GE, right? So for them, being able to utilize right telling the story of GE and what they're about right and 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 how they see the future right those stories need to turn on that 25 year old so that they do think oh my god i have to go and work right for GE so they're utilizing right content in in that way for us you know that the partnership is interesting because you know where where the content comes into play is really through product and then telling the story around why this product mm-hmm. right like why did this need to exist and mm-hmm. uh, and then also taking it out to the audience right that we have which is very much in the the demo that they're that they're looking to try and great right, mm-hmm. that's, that's, a, that's a whole nother conversation but you know it, it's interesting you talk about today's younger generation of those that are graduating and, and where they want to work and I'll never forget uh, there was a 2020 special right after Farrah Fawcett passed away and they asked um, a scientist or a doctor uh, probably was an oncologist saying you know how come there's no money for cancer research and the doctor said there's more than enough money the, stu- the, the, the children today don't want to go to college and study and end up in a lab. They don't want to be scientists. They right. want to make an app. They want to work in Silicon Valley. Yep. They want to trade and work for a hedge fund. That's sexy. Make a fl- you know flying birds or some shit on for an iPhone, and you become a, a multimillionaire. You don't want to sit there trying to cure polio. So, I mean, I know that's cured, but... Um. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because what I'm hearing in the industry is that there's an oversaturation of lawyers, doctors. Like, they have to look for these different positions in different fields because there aren't any positions to actually fill in those roles. Well, there's a difference, I think. There's a difference between saying I want to be a doctor and saying that I want to devote my life to science research. That's That, that, that could be a long and maybe not necessarily uh, monetarily successful career. I mean people have been trying to cure diseases for, for centuries and they don't, it doesn't work, but yep. you're doing it for the humanitarian point of view. You're not trying to, if you're a really smart uh, student today, you could go work at a hedge fund and make a lot of money 
creating an algorithm. Yeah. I think because- what you're asking them to do is not face realities, right? Like you, they have to face realities. You can't get into a position where you know you're not going to make money. Like it's just not a real, it's it, not realistic. It it's also, I think that like we, it's sad that we have a culture now that, that lionizes almost all of the wrong things, right? So it used to be, I think when I grew up there, I grew up in the 70s. And, and in the 70s, there was still sort of this this trail of astronauts in NASA, right? So that was very much like as a little kid, like NASA was very present in, in my life. Like I wanted to be an astronaut, right? And science was actually like something that was lionized rather than right than the opposite. And when I think about even kids that grew up in like in the 50s and 60s, you know, or, or even earlier, right? Like in the, in the 30s and 40s, when you had people like Einstein, right? And so forth, like they were pop culture figures. And uh, now you've got Bill Nye, the science guy, right? P- pretty great. Um, he makes a lot of money, by the way. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I think he's suing uh, he Disney is. now for $9 million, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's interesting to me that, that we lionize, right, so many of the, of the wrong things. So as a little kid, right, like what, what, what you aspire to be, right, for the most part is, is kind of what's shoved in, into your face. So we like lionize CEOs. We lionize, right, the, the financial um, uh, Shark Tank. Industry. All about Shark Tank. All about Shark totally. Tank. Uh, and it's funny because it used to be like in the 80s and the 90s, you probably wanted to start a band, right? But like how many kids like really want to start a band now? They probably want to start a company right before they would actually want to start a band now, which is weird. Like that's, that's weird to even think about. Right. No, so, I think that I they think, do start bands going, on YouTube and stuff though, no? But yeah. going back to your point, I yeah. mean, <clears throat> you, have to, you have to get a PhD, right? So then go into this type of work. And then when you go into this type of work, you're not being paid and you've got $250,000 of yeah. debt, right? Yep. And so h- how do you even justify that, right? But... It's like now there's finally employers out there that are offering a work a, a work perk where they are going to help you pay back the debt. So yeah, I guarantee you GE right. is probably offering something like that. I'll have yeah. to look into it a little bit more. But I mean, until companies get on that bandwagon. Well, um, it, it's not just that. It's like if you want to be a public defender or you want to take that route and become a judge or do something like that, that is clearly less lucrative than being a partner in a Park Avenue firm. But it could be more rewarding in many ways to serve your community and 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 take that route not that you're going to be destitute but it's completely different you know type of finance it's a different it's a different career path yeah i think it's a it's a different incentive structure for kids now it's it's certainly a different what what you actually see as success right is mm-hmm. certainly different now I, my wife uh, was was a neuroscientist so what she did and uh, she got paid terribly for it, right? right? She was always stuck in a lab. She actually worked up at Rockefeller University, had a lab uh, up there, and um, that was a crazy place. But um, yeah, those 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 kids worked hard for mm-hmm. for next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still have you know a lot of kids that are out there working hard for next to nothing in the media business, right? It's, I don't I don't I don't know that I don't I don't see the financial incentives being like the the worst thing right in the world for 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 those folks. I think it's it's more like what, what do we what do we prize as a society? What do we actually see as being important? And clearly, science is not important, right, to, to people right now. My that's scientists. Sad. Except for data scientists, right? right. If, if it's somewhere, if it's somewhere right. in, in, in the in sexiest job of twenty science, right? Twenty first century. Even, even Wall Street. I mean, when I went to NYU, I mean, it was all about graduating from Stern, going to work at Goldman or you know one of those banks, yep. and you know it was it boom. Then the recession hit. And ever since then, that's no longer, I mean, no one's crying for those guys, but um, it's not the same comp. So it's much more regulated. So now you'd say, oh, maybe I want to do something else. Maybe you, now I want to go work for a venture capital company or a private equity company or a hedge fund because that's where the money is. It's right. res- 
It's not as regulated. I could be more entrepreneurial. I could throw money around. Right. Then that's going to burst. You know, so it's, you know, oh, I want to go into real estate development. Well, hopefully the smart ones, you know, actually started Bitcoin companies like around 2010, 2011. Well, you're talking about Bitcoin. I, I hope you bought it, you know, like when 10 years ago because you're sitting on a lot of money right now. I've always been a buy and hold. That That is it. But uh, I remember reading... Uh, I, I'm such a nerd. I remember reading the Satoshi paper for the very first time and literally freaking out. I couldn't believe what I had just read. I couldn't believe like what this could be. I was I was I was excited, and I, I don't think I was that excited. I remember what it was like to see my very first browser for the very first time, circa 1993, and I had the exact same experience. It was like, oh my god! So I'd use the internet. Like I was always a computer nerd. And uh, you have a dinner tonight with the Winklevoss uh, twins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're actually in our building uh, that we're on. The, uh, our building yeah. there on the on one of the floors there. But it's um, so no, clearly I'm, you guys are besties. <laughs> we should become besties. Yeah. Those those guys are. Uh, they, I, I honestly. Uh, uh, I'm I'm impressed with with what they're what they're trying to build. You know, the, the movie aside and what we think we know about those guys, like what they're trying to build is pretty pretty interesting. So I think it's time for us to kind of segue to your side of the story. Oh, what are we talking about again? <laughs> um, so it's basically when we get more into like your personal story, and it's the story behind the storytellers. You can follow us on social media at Content Biz Show. That's Content B-I-Z Show. And episodes are available on our website, contentisyourbusiness.com, and wherever the best podcasts are found. You can also check out all of the other Mouth Media Network shows at mouthmedianetwork.com. My colleagues and co-hosts are going to actually select a number from this uh, this num- auto number generator. <laughs> For real, you have an auto number generator. We have a that has questions right or something. Yeah, we do you, wanted, do you we sell wanted, one? Uh, Wait, do you sell one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you sell those? <laughs> well, you might, Andrew and I did something before we started newsstand called Proust, and it was uh, it, it 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 was it, it would essentially give you five things, uh, and these five things you then had to rank. Right. So as an example, if I said to you, um, cats or dogs? Cats. Okay, so cats are on the top, dogs on the bottom. Okay. So now I'm going to say cats, dogs, and bacon. Bacon. So bacon goes to the top, cats are second, and dogs, right, are third. Then I'm going to add in there grandma's cooking. All right. I'll bring it to the top. Bring it to the, okay. So grandma cooked really well. Cool. And then you like bacon. So there's clearly like a food thing here. <laughs> Cats you're, you're getting with. Dogs still like at the bottom? Just because I have a cat right now that I'm ready to... Okay. <laughs> so, so now what I've learned about you, right? So now we go from Priorities. grandma's cooking, right? Bacon, cats, right? And dogs. And what was interesting about it was if we actually, if we had you answer three of those things, we could then predict how you're going to answer everything else, right, from, from, from there. So but you made it, yourself into a data scientist? Sort of, sort of. <laughs> but we actually worked with some data scientists. I had so much fun. We actually worked with the guys at, at Cambridge, who's the guys who are over at Stanford now. What I liked about it was it actually generated conversations and questions in sort of a new way. And you guys should, should try it one time, maybe with uh, with a guest. Just like give them some things to sort, because you learn a lot about people's personalities by what they prioritize, right? Um, okay, so pick a number. Sixteen. Your turn. You can't pick that number every time, by the way. I, know, I almost <laughs> went to five, though. Again. It's my birthday. I mean, it's it's. I always pick sixteen. It's your birthday. Uh, on the sixteenth. Oh, okay. Of April. Oh, okay, mine's gonna be ten. <laughs> 
So the auto number generator has populated 13. So does it go up or down? Is it the price is right? Wait, I don't, I don't understand this. So you said a number, you said a number, you said a number, and, and then the computer says first. a number? No, the computer generated the number. Oh, I see. So then whoever's closest? who goes first. Oh, so, so it's like price is right, up. kind of. Right. Got it. So do, if you go over the number, do you lose and you have to be under it? Yeah, well, we so. We just have Lisa go first. Oh, all right, all, <laughs> all right. right. Did I just ruin that whole thing? No, so that's sorry. okay. <laughs> it was very gentleman-like. It was actually Ed's turn. <laughs> it's, it's Okay. Well, I'll start. Age before okay. beauty. So you've been, wait, are you from New York? No, not originally. I grew up on the West Coast and in the Midwest. Okay. How yeah. long have you been here? I've been here since right after college, since 93. Okay. He does not look or sound like a New Yorker. Yeah, not at no. all. He's way, way too happy. That's true. It is, I, I, I am uh, an eternal optimist, which can be incredibly annoying. But behind all of this is a very See, the, la- the last guest here, she's like, I hated the world and dressed in all black like me, who's like, I hate everybody. That's a New Yorker. That right. is a New Yorker. <laughs> All right, so 93. Um, what was your favorite thing about the 90s in New York City? Oh, my God. The 90s in New York City was fascinating, I think, because it was a weird transitional time, right? So, so art was pretty interesting still. Right. Uh, but it was going through like a weird phase. The Lower East Side was kind of that's where I, where I hung out most of the time. And there was so much weird stuff that was going on down there. Uh, but there was a lot of technology that was happening in, in the city. It was kind of like during that time when when nerds. Do you remember that movie Hackers? Anybody remember yeah. that movie? Yeah. Right. Like to me, I always felt like I was living in like a version of Hackers, like like, you know. Angelina Jolie was never right at our parties, but but it was um, it was it was kind of a, it was an exciting kind of like punk scene, but it was laced with technology. Right. Mm-hmm. I really liked that about the city at the time. So I'm going to ask you a question that's like completely unrelated to everything we talked about today. But like if we were having a bourbon after this, I would ask you because you seem like a, a very um, a opinionated guy and be a very uh, you know you're, you're chewing that gum, so you know what you're talking about. That's right. But I do like bourbon, so yeah. So uh, Blanton's would be the the uh, my, my top choice. Nice. But, but we, I, I'm actually more of a mixed drinks guy, so I go for like a Sazerac, but I will, I will do it with, uh, with the bourbon. Well, we could nice. do it with an old-fashioned. Yeah, could, that works. Okay, so yeah. so my question is, you know, um, it's about Amazon. Okay. Because um, we're talking about all new types of um, uh, commerce, and i just be curious to hear your opinion. Everyone's got their uh, different opinion on Amazon. Um, they're trying to get into everything, right? So they're producing movies. They're producing... Uh, Clothing, they you know batteries, paper. T- there's nothing that they, they they're the private label manufacturers of everything. Yep. I believe, and I mean it's a known fact that their primary business is logistics, right? That's where they make their bread and butter. But do you think Amazon will just control everything? Can they own every category, or is is mm. some point is is you know their bubble going to burst too? It's a good question. I and mean, don't be wrong in your prediction. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My entire retirement fund is in Amazon stock. Just, you know. Excellent. Well, that's, there's there's a there's a short term there's a short term answer to that and a long term answer to that. You know, short term it feels like everybody's in Amazon right now, so the the fact that it would actually like not go down at this point kind of seems like it probably will go down sometime soon, right? That would just be a very short term short term guess. Uh, but I think for as as a long term, I think we're starting to see some blowback. Uh, from from people um, you know against Amazon in ways that we haven't really experienced until very recently, so you know the fact that you've got a company that that through private label could could certainly wreck right uh, a consumer goods company right overnight right by simply just right offering their thing instead of right the others and the power that actually comes with that is is super fascinating. Um, is anybody really mad about that yet? 
Not yet, right? Will they be later? Maybe. Um, but I think the the idea that Amazon could and should become, right, all of these things to, to all people. I don't know that I could answer whether that's right or whether that's wrong. Look, if they're doing a fantastic job at that, and as a consumer, I'm like, I'm really into the things that they're providing to me, then awesome. Then that means to me that that the company and how it's able to leverage right what it has across right the company is actually able to give me things as a consumer that I'm really digging, then I'm kind of cool with that. Um, but if it comes at the expense of, you know, products that I that I loved, Right are now going away because they're being private labeled by by Amazon. Maybe maybe I'll rethink that. Right, that's one. Um, but I think Amazon. What I, I'm so fascinated by, I'm fascinated by Jeff Bezos. I'm fascinated with a company that started with just selling one thing. Right, remember when they just sold books? Books, yeah. Right? And it's like his his entry into the market was fascinating. Just trying to prove a thesis. Right, could I actually super strategic? Super strategic, smart. right? And then going from books, the next thing was into CDs, right, and DVDs, right? Again, flat package, they were small, right, and so forth. And just looking at a company that's been so strategic all the while, and as they've built up, almost in a way that people weren't really recognizing. I think back, my media business was primarily around video. And where, where I first experienced like the aha moment around Amazon was when we switched everything over to, to their cloud services, right? So at the time, we were spending a ton of money on, on video. So it, back, back in those days, like it wasn't as easy as just like firing stuff up on your credit card to like to run a video business. Like you had to have, you had to have like caching servers all over the world. Like it was expensive. And um, I remember we woke up one day and realized that the services that Amazon actually had were legit. And we could actually take our entire, uh, the, the entire video inventory that we had could be ported over to Amazon's web services. Not only that, it was going to be super elastic so that the, the structure that we had built and the costs that were involved with scaling that suddenly went away like overnight. We actually shed costs from, from our video business by 90% in four months. Right, which was about the time that it took to, to migrate that. So when that happened, I realized, whoa, Amazon is in a totally different, they're, they're in a totally different space. So not only was the company really strategic and thinking about how do I get to market? How do I do it in a way that's really efficient as a business? How do I add things into that, right, that for that ecosystem becomes relevant to consumers and to this business? But then, like, all of the things that I'm that I'm that I'm utilizing my company for, right, like my servers, right, all of that, how could I then turn that into a center for business, right, for the company, that that blew my mind. So for me, that was the first time I realized, wait, Amazon's operating on an entirely, entirely different level. And then once they started up Prime, and right, which started off, again, very simply, just kind of like a book, right, but this was just about your shipping, right, is, is free up to a point, right, you're paying like $70, I think it was at the time. Uh, and then for, right, for the entire year, you would get that stuff shipped for free, right, that, that two-day shipping thing that they did. But that's where it started. And then it starts to grow, right, from there to now you realize that what Prime actually means to their physical locations and like the Whole Foods stores and all that, like that's next level. Such a game changer. Amazing. I don't know what I would do with my life without Prime. I live on it. I've I've never ordered a single thing online and I've never, I don't have Prime. You're lying right now. You have never ordered anything online. Well, let me rephrase that. I've ordered only contact solution because it's only available on the Pure Lens website. I don't, 
order anything on Amazon. I go to Dwayne Reed. I never bought a piece of clothing online. No, I, I think I'm I having a heart attack I to, inside. I go to wow. a store for everything. I am anti online. If it was I, I own an online business, I'd still get the Wall Street Journal delivered to my house every morning, and the couple across the hall takes it the next day for me. Wow. Yeah. So like I'm I'm so, the youngest this is, person this is here, a and I'm like, choice. this is a conscious yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm, I, from someone that manufactures clothes, I, I would never trust that two pairs of anything are, are the same. But but just to you know to, to piggyback off that a little bit, it was really interesting. There was a great book, Positioning, which was written. Um, uh, again, I wasn't alive when it was written, but it's still it, all the examples in the book are still resonate today, and it talks about um, line extensions and and getting into too many categories, like when uh, Kleenex started toilet paper, and like oh my god, like they had a, a brand Kleenex right. is. Right, classics, like they've totally defocused the company. Right, right? so so it thinks about, you know, I, I don't know where I was, but people said, think about brands. I mean, the whole premise of the show, we're talking about branded content, new forms of marketing. And if you say to someone, Bounty, you're like, that's a great brand, right? Mm -hmm. That's a very strong Duracell. You think Battery. Here's a company, Amazon, all of a sudden, think about this. If tomorrow you went to Dwayne Reed or Walgreens or Wawa, wherever you want to go, or the newsstand... And they did not have bounty. Right. Would your life change? Absolutely not. No. Well, and if not. tomorrow on Amazon it was just Amazon paper towel, mm -hmm. how important is that brand? Amazon now private label battery. How important is Duracell? The question yeah. is, will that transcend into every single category? No, I think you're missing the point. The reason that that brand would do so well is because it's already created a trust factor with its users. So, like the reason that Amazon, after what what have they been in business for 15 years already? Something like Since that. Early 90s. It's yeah. been longer than that. Yeah, but, longer yeah. than that. So, like. They've taken all of that time to increase the trust factor so much so that people know that if they're not happy with that uh, paper towel brand, they can return it immediately without questions asked. So it, it takes a lot to be able to say, all right, I don't necessarily need Duracell in terms of a brand because I trust Amazon so, right, so much so that they the, have my best interest at so heart. So can the way that maybe a consumer will easily switch from a branded paper towel to a non-branded. Why? Amazon's a brand. Right. But will they want to do that with clothing? Will they still want their fashion label? Will they just want a private label brand that Amazon makes? You know, I think it depends on, for them, you know, they've been trying to figure out grocery, right, for a while. They've been trying to figure out physical locations and how that works for a very long time. And so I think the, the you know, the model that they were trying to work out in their minds is, should we build it or should we buy it? Right. And the answer we got, right, was, hey, they we're going to buy Alexa it. They called Alexa and said, right. Alexa, right. <laughs> order something from Whole Foods. Whole Foods still <laughs> represents a very small segment of the food market. Sure, but, you know, where that's going to go, right, obviously becomes, right, much, much different, right? If, if you I are Kroger's right now, you're probably thinking, Right, you're you're in, you're in some trouble. But I think the I think for Amazon, I don't know that it's that they're going to do private label for absolutely everything, right? But I think they will do private label where it probably makes makes the most the most sense. And if I were a, a packaged goods company right now, yeah, I'd be scared, yeah, right? right, because that's that that's really if 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 the last fifty years were built on building brand and that's essentially the moat that you have around what is essentially a commodity type of product, yeah, you're probably right not looking so great. <laughs> And you're you're a WPP guy, right? So that's right. Yeah, I was with uh, Ogilvy for uh, for right. a while. Yeah. So um, why why are they still only focusing on these CPG? Why is that still their business? Like, why haven't yeah. they bought a media company at this point? Well, yeah, I, you know, it's, for all of the the advertising industry is a weird one to me because it's it's always been it's always been behind rather than being ahead. 
And it, ever since I've been alive, I've always felt like advertising and advertising companies have always been looking in the rearview mirror instead of looking looking ahead, which wasn't to, wasn't where they came from, right? When they when they were needed by by those by those companies, I think for for I think the the it's like any business that starts once once you have a model, right, it's very hard to, to get out of it. And and you know they quickly started to consolidate. They got bigger and bigger. Right. So now all of a sudden to 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 then start. Right, an entirely different, um, uh, uh, entirely different company within your company. The DNA just really isn't right. It's it's not right. there. Right. One of my earlier companies, when I started, I got into advertising by accident. I was actually working with a, a startup at the time called Mama Media. That it was it was a team that came out of the MIT Media Lab, um, mm-hmm. out of Samuel Papert's group, which is like this education group, mm-hmm. and they were essentially trying to create what what they thought was going to be like the the new Nickelodeon, but like the digital version, whatever that meant at the time, right of, of Nickelodeon, and um, and I was I was tasked with trying to bring in uh, Hewlett Packard and try and get them interested in, in doing something interesting with with this new fledgling little brand, and I had I had built this thing that was that was it was very cute, it was all animated, it was during the time when people. We're still on modems. So it was incredibly right, bizarre to have things like that, and um, but the work that I ended up doing there ended up in, in the hands of, of Ogilvy, and then I ended up doing um, all of the the IBM e business. If you remember IBM e business mm-hmm. from way back when, mm-hmm. all of the digital work that 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 was a part of that campaign was was was, was the work that I did. And and uh, I ended up doing it because I thought it was fun. And then it, it won. Advertising industry is funny because they have all these award shows where they pat themselves on the back, and, and I love them for it. Um, but the this campaign won everything, everything. And I didn't even know what the, what what these things were. And and that turned into a um, uh, people all of a sudden calling me up saying, "Hey, could you know let's let's work together?" And uh, and it started that business. But at that time, what I was trying to 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 Strategically, what I was trying to get Ogilvy into was let's not make ads, you know, because that's the one thing I don't want to see ever. I, I I go out of my way to not see an ad, you know, a commercial. Forget about it, right? Who on earth wants to watch, right, or sit through that, right? Or even digitally, where you've just got like that thing that just interrupts you, right? It's like get my newsletter. Here's my thing, right? Drives you insane. I'm telling none of my advertisers <laughs> to listen to this podcast. But 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 the, but the point the, the point is I was saying don't make advertising, make content. Like, why don't you actually be like, be useful? Like, be of service. Do things, right? Don't say things. Do things, and that could be either experiential, right, or that could be right, and somehow being useful, right, in some way. So I think that's probably an amazing piece of advice that you're sharing with our audience. But I think my question for you is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh man, damn, I'm not prepped for uh, for that one. Ah. Yeah, I wish I had a good quote for that. I had. I, I'll tell you the worst experience that I ever had. And, and and it ended up being a good experience for me. Um, when I got out of college, I came to New York because I went to a music school. I actually went to a conservatory. And my jobs were to uh, uh, to orchestrate these terrible Broadway shows. And um, so one of them was, was a show called, at the time, Miss Saigon. And uh, it was a big show. It was coming from London. And it needed more dance music because I guess, like, New Yorkers want to see more dance in their musical than people from London do. I don't know. Um so 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 I had two jobs at that time. One was was to sit down with the the guy who who wrote the music for that show, this French guy, uh, Claude Michel, and um, he couldn't play piano very well, really couldn't sing very well. But I was supposed to transcribe whatever he was playing for the dance music, um, and then uh, work up some some arrangements and work with the orchestrator. Right, and um, and because he hated me so much, he would yell at me in French. Um, I don't know why he hated me. He just did. I guess I have that face. And uh, I had to sit in the corner without a chair 
I couldn't look him in the eye. You were a troublemaker. I must have been. He, just, he really did not like me. And, um, but I, I was brutalized pretty much every single day. Like that experience was interesting. At the same time, I had another job with a guy uh, who was writing music for commercials and for these really bad television shows. And he was also equally uh, abusive. Every day it was, you know, he was telling me how terrible I was on, a, on, a, on an ongoing basis. And why, why I bring this up is while it's not necessarily that they've given me interesting advice, it was that at that time in my life, I was getting some experiences from some people who were very passionate about what they were doing. They were not going to in any way sugarcoat what they were doing for my benefit. They were not going to coddle me, right, in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I, what I actually learned about – I actually learned a lot about myself through that abuse, oddly enough, um, that um, I felt like I was sort of like paying, paying, paying my dues, right, in, in a way. Um, I think what's interesting when I see a lot of kids getting out of college now is, you know, there is that expectation that, you know, hey, I'm already awesome. So, right, give me something awesome to do. And it's like, okay, you probably are awesome. And I really should give you something, right, really awesome to do. However, right, there's a lot of stuff, right, that, that, that needs to get done. So, right, let's, 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 let's roll with this. And I think one of the best, what I'd like to see out of, out of out a lot of these kids that are coming out of college is that same work ethic that you have for like your side hustle, right? The things that you're like, this is really what I'm passionate about. If you can bring that into like, if, if you can somehow either turn that into a gig for yourself, fantastic, but try and bring that same level of passion uh, right into the thing that, that you're doing. Um, and just, you're going to take, you're going to eat a lot of shit and that's okay, right? You're, you're, you're going to grow uh, from that. I, I, I don't see a lot of people willing or able to want to, wanna, you know, be with a uh, be in an environment like that uh, anymore, and I think it's um, I think it's it it says a lot about about character and about um, what it is that 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 being able to 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 start from the bottom right and then grow your way to the top feels like it's it's um, it's it's missing a little bit. Everybody wants to fast forward a little too Absolutely. much. Totally. So I think all of that is super valuable, and now. We've obviously talked about a lot of stuff during this entire show. So we'd love to hear some of your final thoughts. Like, what was your biggest takeaway from this show? And <laughs> um, what, what else do you want to share with our listeners? I do like the idea of what this podcast is, is all about. And, and, and why I find it most fascinating is, is what I said at the very beginning, which is when I think about content. It's a terrible word. Content literally means nothing. It is an empty vessel. I agree. A hundred percent do I ever agree with you. Right. So when when you work with companies, right, there's sort of like there's the content strategist. And what's the content? What's the content? What's the content? I really wish there was a different word or I wish there was like I feel like we're all sort of trying to figure out what is this exactly, right? It's everything. Right. Yeah. And then it's a buzzword right now. Right. But it's it's experiences, it's podcasts, it's editorial it's like she's, it, Tracy said it's poems but you I know so I think because <clears throat> there there are certain types of marketing that come from from tactical right experiences so as an example digital companies for the most part have grown up from doing projects for brands right so the point of view for the brand has already been established right the store like all of that stuff so now they're really brought in to do a project around a story that has really already kind of been settled right because of that, right, it, the, the the experiences that they've had on a production side, right, has has then led them into this new area of of, of content, right, as 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 a marketing term. Uh, but they're still thinking so they're still thinking very tactically, and they're and they're thinking very. Um, 
they're thinking about like what what are the, it's a podcast or it's 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 an experience or it's a right it's it's always a tactical thing it's never a strategic thing right and I think somewhere in here you know it starts to shift more towards strategy and the way I think about that is the difference of having a point of view right or, or just having like like we we could say tomorrow like oh we're gonna do a podcast okay that means nothing. Right. But but what's it about? What's the point of view? Like, you know, what is it that we're actually trying to stay in strategically? Like, where is it? Where is it trying to go? What is it? Right. I think those are the questions to, 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 to answer. And I think it's 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 become more of an obvious that, you know, the, the, the tactics that you employ to make, you know, that point of view really salient is, you know, somehow based either in story or experiences. It's not an ad like object. Like that just, that's dead as a doornail, right? Like we might see them around as ambient, but we've all, we've all tuned them out. But we all love it when companies actually give us something that's really interesting to do or think about, right, and so forth. And the word content, and, 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 right, just doesn't quite, doesn't, it doesn't nail it, right, quite, quite yet. So what I'd love to see out of, out of, out of marketing industry in, in particular is to try and find its way out of thinking about just the tactics and really try and dig into right point of view and, and, and strategy. And if it can get to that point, it, it might be more effective when trying to get brands right to understand what it is that, that, that you're doing and then finally get away from the large advertising agencies that at the end of the day will just want to sell you a commercial. Right. Goes back to what I was saying earlier, just with Robert Rose about what he was talking about yesterday, the Content Marketing Institute um, forum. But how there's there was the loyalty, then the tactics, then the strategy, and like what 2020 will be is the the actual business model, of, and it's around content, <laughs> mm-hmm. but within the organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah. content is actually a lot meaning things contained. Yeah, nice. so it actually isn't it doesn't have like a full meaning around it. So yeah. I think that it's like, it's like an overall wrapping, right? It's like the wrapping paper of whatever the discussion is or whatever people are sharing or engaging with. That's, that's to me what content is. And I feel like we should find a way to like, I don't know, maybe highlight that in the intro, <laughs> but yep. yeah. I think it's because there's a lack. It used to be there were formats that, that were, that were preordained, right? I would yeah. make a 30 second commercial. I will make a print ad, right? I will make a radio commercial. And because the formats no longer really exist, I mean, they do, but nobody gives a shit about them. Nobody cares about a banner ad, right? Nobody cares about that, that thing. That... Uh, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 I think that modalities of, of advertising right now are very much in, in free form, right? And that's kind of the, the cool thing right, about it. Nobody's really been able to try and wrap that into something that feels like it's cohesive that everybody can, can agree with. So we've all just sort of like got this default of content. Right. So I, I would uh, I look forward to the it progression you, though, of, of that. Of that, that. Everyone's I just can't stand that everyone is an expert. Stop Ev- being a hater. Everyone is a content <laughs> producer. Everyone's got an opinion. I mean, so one individual on Yelp could take down a restaurant. I mean, <laughs> the the issue is right. that the the establishments, if you will, are now competing against the celebrity bloggers. No, it's the fact influence. that people have a voice. That's the reality. People they have, have a, a voice, voice, but but the, the question is, I, I I always bring it back to the business of all of this, the monetization of all of this. You know, we're all creating content. The Instagram picture is content. This podcast is content. But everything costs money to create. 
the the Instagrammers, you know, how do we make money out of it? What is this going to look right. like? We're all experimenting right now. No, 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 no. Like, there's affiliate marketing, huge revenue driver. Like, it's a matter of like being strategic with the content. So just because you're getting impressions from those banner ads, what if you actually drove sales to it? Then you'd make a lot of money off of the affiliate. Yeah, but part. how much money do you think? A ton of bloggers make millions of dollars. I actually know one blogger in particular. She generated a million dollars alone just for the holiday season for Nordstrom. Yep. I know a lot of the same people and actually have a that's, company that's – But how many bloggers are there out there and how many of those success stories are there? It's not that they're a blogger. They're an influencer. They help influence your purchase, right? So like if we're sitting in a room right now, you just influenced my purchase towards this gum. You are an influencer. He could make a percentage of money of that if it was on his app, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's 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 funny because the we, we've had these conversations now for a while. The we've we've gotten to a place where where the money's made is in the platform, right? Not in the in the individual like generated piece of content, right? And you saw it really with YouTube, right? At the very beginning, everything was all UGC. It was all user generated content. No brands really wanted to be around it. That eventually changed, right? Somewhat over time, right? And they were able to monetize that in ways that made sense for YouTube. They've still never really made sense for the people that are actually right on it. It did for a while, right? Until they wanted to shift it. So the, 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 the challenging thing, I think, for, for most people right now is if you're not creating a platform, you should maybe rethink that, Right, because if 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 the idea is that you're actually creating content to be on somebody else's platform, then you have to you have to be okay with the fact that as a business, it's going to be limited, right? And it's going to be very different in how you can package it and what you're able to sell. Because you know, a quarter down the road, right, Facebook is going to tell you, hey, you can't do that anymore, right? We're gonna we're gonna shut all of that down. So where does that leave you? So I think it's it's been interesting to see. It's been great to see that people have been so. Like the, the, the bar has been lifted for people that want to make just even video, right? Think about that. Like the number of kids that went from not having a camera to then having a camera to asking questions about how can I get better production value to how can I tell better stories? Like the number of kids that are out there that can create really cool stuff, that's amazing. Like totally. that's super cool. But then it's it's challenging, I think, when when to think about how do I actually turn that into a business, right? And and and, and the reality is that's not that's not a business. Right, it's like you've made something. It's cool, but the but the 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 reality around being a production company right now is tough. It's really tough. So then you got to you have to think about well, how can I create something of value, right? Where 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 the audience is actually coming not to YouTube, right? And then I'm going to siphon off an audience on that thing. But how do I become? How can I build a platform, right? How how does that how do, how does that work? If you talk about traditional platforms, and I guess that's what I was trying to get more more to is. I'm in a unique space because I'm in trade publications. So there's not a big demand for people to start a a trade publication for the denim market. Right. It's just all endemics. It's really, really niche within a niche. But if I was, and I am not privy to this information, and this is strictly a guess, but years ago, if you were a Maybelline or a consumer products company, and I wanted to market to teenage women or adolescents, I would go to Cosmo or I would go to Glamour, and that would be the way to launch my new eyeliner or blush or whatever it may be. Today, to your point, is if you have the right blogger or the right influencer, one tweet or one post on their platform could be more, could generate more revenue for them than maybe going to these institutions. Now, the thing is, the cost for Cosmo and Hearst to keep that building going is so much more expensive than that. You know, sole prop working yeah, but out of their house. Yeah, that's why they're investing in so. Uh, that's why they're actually investing in social commerce, right? So if you take a look at Condé, for example. Yeah, but they shut style.com down. They couldn't make any money off trying to be an online store. 
Well, Twitter shot Vine down, but was that the right answer? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, think I think that's that, the whole point I think is we don't know. People, I think that if there are people that live there, there's an opportunity to sell them something. And I think that there needs to be some thought around that strategy. But in, I mean, for them, shutting it down could have just been an easy opt-out. Their, their board must have just said, this isn't the direction that we're going in, and we don't want to invest more money in promoting product, et cetera, et cetera. One, one thing that I will mention, though, in the spirit of newness is, is – um, if 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 you're paying attention to a company called Steemit, does anybody know Steemit? Um, if, as I mentioned before, I'm a Bitcoin nerd. There's a there's a company called Steemit, and Steemit is actually utilizing cryptocurrency in a very interesting way. They've actually created their own crypt- cryptocurrency that that's called a Steemit. It's essentially like there. It's a Steam. It's it's their right token. But what they've what they've created is they've created a uh, sort of like a, a Twitter meets YouTube. It's a place for content creators, right, to to actually house themselves. Uh, and and the way that the cryptocurrency works and the way that it's been issued is that if if people like you, so imagine you're on Reddit, but in, instead of getting a thumbs up or down, right, to go up in, in in the in the conversation or not, imagine that you're actually getting you're actually getting paid through these Steemit dollars, right? As an example, I don't see Steemit, by the way. I'll send I'll send you a link for uh, for that. It's S T E E M I T. Oh, okay, got it. But what's interesting about that is that you're actually starting to see you're starting to see a lot of a lot of people who are in, in cryptocurrency specifically that that make content around that uh, move themselves over to Steemit because they see it as a means for for people to to, to donate and to give them money right for the content that that they're making. But it's all baked in an ecosystem uh, that's actually kind of kind of fascinating. Uh, I have no idea if it will do well in the future or not, but I think it shows an interesting path um, of how. We, we're coming from a world that's primarily based on being um, driven by advertising dollars, right? And so now I think with 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 something like Steemit and, and thinking about how cryptocurrencies can operate, you're looking at actually uh, an entirely different system, right, for how content creators could potentially get paid in the future and the platforms that are created for that, right, being geared towards that as a model rather than, you know, um, an, an advertising model where you as a content creator are more of an afterthought or really used as a means to get, Right money for the for the platform, right? Um, so check check that check that out. Yeah, definitely. That goes right back to your point. So, well, thank so you. So you are a plethora of information. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, best way find me on uh, on Twitter. I'm just uh, David Carson at David Carson on uh, on Twitter. Well, awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. For thank time. you guys. This was really fun. Appreciate it. That's David Carson. So until next time, Eddie Hertzman. Thank you, David, for being here. And Lisa Berger. Great to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We can't wait to hear your story next time. You've been listening to Content Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for this show or to become a sponsor, email us at contentshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Content Biz Show. That's Content B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, contentisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network and brought to you by 24-7 Talent. Connect with the best talent at 247talent.com. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.